Hello, Brian, and welcome to a special edition of Japan by River Cruise. It's special because we are making it. I am Bobby Judo. <laughs> Hello, I'm Ollie Horn. What? Look at this. Against all odds, we are back in your podcast feed. Yeah, we've uh, we've discussed this before on the show, uh, but we are not keeping to our monthly schedule. Uh, we apologize. We hope that this very special episode will go a small way to make up for it. Yeah, um, and now I've planted my ass in one place for the time being. I feel generally less profoundly sad. And Bobby uh, has stopped uh, tending to his massive outdoor deck so often. We uh, we should be back on track. Uh, so thanks to, to those who got in touch saying, where the hell is the podcast? It's right here. Enjoy it right now. If you happen to be new to the show, uh, we are an industry podcast about the Japanese river cruise industry, all things Japanese river cruises, and we usually focus our discussions on topics such as Japanese river cruises. Yes, but given the obvious organic uh, SEO advantages of releasing a show in July 2022 with the title, Why Was Abe Assassinated? Uh, we thought we'd stop worrying about river cruises uh, and start worrying about the more interesting questions like, was it actually ulcerative colitis that was the ultimate cause of ex-Prime Minister Abe's death? Before we get started, uh, Japan was not the only country to have lost a prime minister. Ali, anything you wanted to say about what's going on in your neck of the woods? Uh, no, everything's absolutely fine, by the way. Don't worry about us. Everything's cool. We've got everything under control. Okay. So uh, for our guest tonight, we have a good friend of the show and author of the forthcoming uh, cynical opportunistic cash grab, hoping to capitalize on the success of Tokyo Vice, author and investigative journalist, Jake Edelstein. Jake, how you doing? I'm, it's a pleasure to be here, Bobby, back on the show. <laughs> um, yes. Tokyo Private Eye, the cash grab sequel to Tokyo Vice, should be on your bookshelves next year in, in French first, um, because that's how I roll. Um, it is great to be back here discussing the demise of Prime Minister Abe months after it happened. But, you know, we've had time to look at this coolly and calmly and collectively. And, and uh, Well, do you know what? That, that was going to be my first question. We'd planned to record this episode right at the end of July. I mean, I think it was just days before I started my uh, my fringe run. Uh, and then we tried to reschedule and we couldn't. Do you think that this episode and your opinions are going to be different two months on? Now you've had a chance to kind of see what's happened. I just I just want to say real quick, you said you wanted to do the, the Death of Abe episode end of July. I, I've been planning it since last April. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I've been wanting to have that episode since 2007, even before there was this show. But here we are. Right. Um, all right, well, so so basically, Abe was assassinated at the end of July, right? And we didn't know the motive. We didn't know who the killer was. Uh, and we didn't really know what was up. Now, it seems that we know all this stuff. So before we get into the weeds, has your opinion changed? Um, yes, it's changed because, wow, when he was first assassinated, everybody was kind of like, poor Abe, you know, he's a iconoclast, uh, a divisive figure, you know, but a hero. And then when we find out why he was really assassinated and, the reasons he was assassinated and what a ass-kissing pawn he was to the Unification Church. Wow, now everybody who didn't like him doesn't like him more. And a lot of people in Japan, I think 70% of the people opposed having a state funeral for him. Mm -hmm. So it makes it a lot easier to say what we really think of him, or for me to say what I really think of him, not that I've ever really held back there. Well, yeah, no, you've, you've never held back. And I should mention that at, at any point, uh, Dr. Thomas Bodinet might show up. He's also invited to be on the show just uh, just to provide um, a less. What's a good word, Ali? A less. Well, 
well, I, well he's going to provide the the guacamole to um to Jake salsa, spicy yeah. salsa. I don't think he's necessarily pro Abe, but it. But when we wanted to plan a show like this, we said we can't do it with just Jake because Jake, you have a very, very, very uh, strongly leaning opinion. Well, I will. I will, if if he doesn't show up, I will try and become um, Thomas Bodinet um, in a different voice that sounds like John Oliver. And then correct myself. Okay. But, so I, I think people listening to this know that Abbey got assassinated and know that there's a bit of a scandal with some kind of church where there was some money denoted to a party and people might be aware that some cabinet ministers have now been resigning because of it. So but before we get into this kind of murky territory, I wanted to ask a kind of preliminary question, which is I listened to a podcast by two British uh, politicians called the The Rest is Politics. And um, they uh, they find it remarkable, um, especially given the discussion in the UK about how there's still a political class in the UK. You know, the fact that our current prime minister uh, went to Winchester rather than Eton is seen as having diversified uh, the, the, the intellectual pool from which our prime ministers are chosen. Right. And but they found it absolutely remarkable that Japan still has a very, very dominant political class. You look at any Japanese politician, you go to their Wikipedia page and all of their parents and cousins are clickable links to people that were cabinet ministers or politicians or whatever. Jake, can you just give us a bit of a background on quite how um, how cozy Japan's political class is and, and kind of talk a bit about Abe's lineage? Well, um Japan has, you know, a, a long tradition of hereditary politicians. I mean, I think some of the early politicians were aristocrats, and there's just kind of this feeling that, um, you know, if the father was an upstanding politician, that the son will also be an upstanding politician. So, you know, people who established themselves early in Japan's political dynasty tend to go on. And you also have to remember that the Liberal Democratic Party, which, as we all know, is neither liberal nor democratic, um, has basically ruled Japan since its inception in the 1950s. I mean, the only time they've ever been placed out of power um, was between 2009 and 2012 when the, um, what was the Democratic Party of Japan took over. So when you have one, we have basically a one-party democracy, and in that one-party democracy, um, you know, fathers hand down political dynasties to their sons. Abe's grandfather, Kishi, was a, um, was a war criminal, um, and he was let out of prison in, you know, because the U.S. forces feared that Japan would go communist, he and Kodama Yoshio and some other war criminals, and together they formed Japan's Liberal Democratic Party. Um, Abe's father was also a career politician, though he never became prime minister. And Abe is, you know, the third of that political dynasty. And what are his politics in very, very broad terms? In very, very broad terms, Abe was very much raised by his grandfather. So Abe wanted to create a Japan that did not have um, the post-war constitution, which he considered a shackle on Japan, one without um, basic human rights, unpacifism, and popular sovereignty. And he wanted to restore a constitution where the emperor was a god um, and also where Japan could wage war. I mean, that was his lifelong wet dream. Um, which he never came close to achieving, but that was that was always about Abe wanting to do. That was his obsession. Right. But he was a very successful politician. Well, he stayed in power as a prime minister for longer than anybody. I mean, if sitting in one place is a, a sign of being a great politician, then yeah, <laughs> kudos to you, Abe. Well done. So that is that's a very uh, a very 
opinionated uh, picture of Abe, who he was as a politician, who he was as a person. Uh, the instant that he was assassinated, we kind of saw all of this reaction in terms of what this is going to mean for the fabric of Japanese society. And one aspect that I especially wanted to talk about today, you know, so many months later, is how little a lot of that came to bear. From where I'm sitting anyway, you know, you saw a lot about, you know, you're going to see all of this reaction to, uh, you're going to see uh, stricter stricter laws in Japan. You're going to see anti-foreign sentiment. There were all, there were all of this this stuff flying around in the, in the zeitgeist immediately after. And I kind of feel like it has been this minor little ripple that is now mostly forgotten. I, I'm surprised at how quickly the assassination of Japan's prime minister kind of dropped off of everybody's radar. And I, I don't know, is that just me? Or do you think, do you think that maybe in oh. years past, it would have been bigger? Um, I, I think that the reason that is, Bobby, is that the the motivations of the assassin, Yamagami-san, um, and the reason that he did it, um, <laughs> struck a chord with the Japanese public that, that you know, instead of being I mean, he actually has fans. I mean, there are people signing petitions to ask for his his um, sentence to be reduced. Some um, and, some and people because, some people even uh, are very honorific in the way they refer to him. I noticed just now we've been saying Abe Abe, and you called him Yamagami San. <laughs> Reminded me of that <laughs> oh, oh, that that's, moment that's in the news the other day when somebody uh, what was it the, the woman who said ano chikan ga irashaimasu. She used like the super polite <laughs> Japanese to discuss molesters on the subway. Well, can can I can I can I be my own counterpoint here? Because I'll say some nice things about Abe in my fake English accent. Sure. Well, okay. Abe Shinzo was a superb politician who brought Japan back from the brink of ruin with his policy of Abenomics, which made Japan a force again, which made the stock market rise. He showed a strong Japan to the world. He fought for the rights of Taiwan. He stood up against China, and he made Japan a force in world politics. Who would have thought the English accent has so many plosives? It's going to be hard to edit. So, real quick, can I go on a tangent, real quick? Since uh, since the yes. um, idea of Sanzuke and Yobiste came up, um, yes. so not too long ago, I had to uh, to be a part of like this interpretation job in Tokyo for for a big company. And they had all sorts of kind of like leaders of the the uh, the shachos, the company presidents of the foreign divisions, all come for a big conference. And just in moving conference venues, we all took a bus. And occasionally, you know, one of the uh, company employees or one of the leaders of the trip would point out different venues and say, "Oh, you know, let them know that this is where that is. Let them know that this is where that is." And we passed Budokan. And as we passed Budokan, they said, oh, that's where uh, Abe's funeral was held. Can you tell them all that that's where Abe's funeral was held? And I started to. And as I started to, I got up to funeral for, and then I, I realized that it didn't pop into my head. The, the word prime minister, for some reason, didn't pop into my head. Motoshusho, you'd say, right? Former prime minister. Yeah, Motoshusho. No, no, I, I had to say this in English. So they said it to oh, me in oh. Japanese, and I oh. had to say it in English. And prime minister didn't come up in English. I was like... Motosori daijin, moto shusho. How would you say that in English? And so that was kind of like mixed in with, but also I don't really have a whole lot of respect for this dude. So I just ended up saying uh, the funeral for uh, Abe. And the yobi, yobi stay that I did, 
made every Japanese person on the bus start laughing at how awkward like the translation was. But all of the foreign visitors just understood that I had announced that that's where Abe's funeral was, and then all the Japanese people laughed. <laughs> but, but Jake, you're right about what you say about, about Abe being... I mean, Abe was a formidable politician in that he was very international. He was on the radar of the American presidents and the, the British prime ministers. He was a big presence in the G8. You know, he he definitely was an outward-looking prime minister. I mean, not well. He, he was outward-looking according to you because he wanted to uh, rip up the constitution so he could start shooting other countries. But <laughs> but he, he and I remember I remember in my first year of university, which would have been twenty ten, uh, the first cover of the first Economist I read was a picture of Abe in a Superman costume, uh, and and the Economist was praising Abenomics uh, and his you know pro women approach and you know like. There was obviously lots about him that was during the during his time in power very very positive. What well, the, surprised me was the feminist uh, stuff. Yeah. All after after his death came pouring out of all the world leaders of all the countries as well. But, but what surprised me was that even after he, he stopped, um, even after his time in office, he was still an active political presence. And something that surprised a lot of the foreign media was what the hell was this guy doing standing outside a train station, right? Why would he allow himself to get shot like that? Oh, because you know, because that's what politicians do. I mean, the LDP is a machine. His job is to drum up support for um, the candidates in the upper house election. And, you know, for Abe, that was a big deal because if there was enough, you know, if the LDP won enough votes in the upper house election, um, then, you know, his dream of passing uh, constitutional reform is that much closer to actually becoming reality. So he was gung-ho about it. Okay. Um, and, and, you know, and... I think that his death came before the election, so that gave them a kick. You know, it was a, it right. was good for the LDP. Um, they got just enough votes that they could probably, um, if they really tried to ramrod through a constitutional re reform bill. Um, but unfortunately, at the same time, the reasons that Abe were assassinated has done so much damage to the party that I think that they've gotten cold feet about doing anything yeah. radical. Okay. Yeah, let's let's start to get into the reasons if we can, because. Um, because I remember one of my earliest thoughts when when just the news came out that he was assassinated was, please, dear God, let it not be a foreign national. Please, dear God, let yeah. it not be someone batshit crazy. Well, that was yeah. that was the first thing that was, you know, rumored, right? Oh, it was clearly a Korean. It was clearly a Zainichi. It was clearly, you know, like even when when it was identified as, you know, there was videos of someone who looked a bit, you look Japanese. Uh, people were like, yeah, it couldn't possibly be. Let's so take could, a, let's could... take a real quick five minute interlude for Ali to explain the visual differences between Japanese people and Korean people. <laughs> <laughs> ouch, ouch, Bobby. <laughs> so, Jake, who was this Korean fella? Oh, okay. Well, first of all, let's let's put people in, who don't remember what happened. Um, just the, the the bare facts. So it was July eighth, right around lunch. Um, near Nara. Like Nara is, you know, a, a beautiful place, but not exactly a center of radicalism, right? It's a very sleepy temple town, once the capital of Japan. But some, somewhere between 1130 and 12, um, Abe was shot to death while making a speech by uh, this man named Tatsuya Yamagami um, with a handmade gun, mm. which was pretty amazing. I mean, not I mean, amazing that the gun worked, so that's um, how we know he's Japanese because Nihonjin wa monotsukuri jōzu. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Because, you know, because uh, no foreigner could have made a gun like this out of themselves, out of spare parts. It's clearly Japanese ingenuity and yeah. and, and, and you know, skill with tiny hands and tiny things to make a powerful weapon. Um, but uh, basically, yeah, Abe was shot at 11.30. I mean, he was probably dead immediately because uh, there was two two shots. So they capture this guy, Tatsuya Amagami. Do you remember where you were when it happened? I mean, it's not a John F. Kennedy kind of thing, but yeah, you no, like where we were. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's how we measure major events in history if we remember where they were, where we were when yeah. they happened. Well, I never thought I'd need to remember where I was because I didn't think I was in the running uh, as a suspect. I didn't think I'd need an alibi that badly. <laughs> um, I was in Hokkaido going to private detective school. I was about to um, for this podcast I'm working on, uh, and was about to go back to the school, and it was in the like a hotel room with my girlfriend. And like, so, like thumbing through, my, scrolling through my phone when I saw the the first, the first glimpse, and I thought, "Holy moly, I'm I'm in Hokkaido. There's no way I can get to Nara." Mm-hmm. Um, so I did two things. I immediately, you know, sent a heads up to the Daily Beast, um, who I write for, and then I called my daughter, who was interning with me for the summer, and I'm like, uh, "Get your friend Himari, and grab your note bags, and grab my business cards, and be on a Shinkansen to Nara in 30 minutes." So. That was, you know, moments of great parenting. Like, go to the scene of the crime. Yeah. Take yeah. some photos. Talk to the police. Get back to me. I'll be writing on the article. Mm-hmm. That was my. That was that was where I was, and that was what I was doing. But I wasn't surprised that he was shot. I mean, I can't tell you I, because, you know, I think people forget people have tried to kill Abe before. Right. Um. In two thousand, a bunch of yakuza, disgruntled yakuza, firebombed his offices because, allegedly, he had paid them to. Um, Defame a political opponent and then not give them the full amount. Right. Um, I don't think I knew that. Yeah, I didn't know that. I remember a lot of foreign media going, "Oh, it's just so surprising. Japan, a country of peace. If 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 Japanese people want to uh, settle an argument, they will make an origami crane, and whichever is the prettiest, <laughs> that's who wins." That's this what, is nonsense, isn't it? Yeah, that's what um, yeah, yeah. I had a, a a joke that I did. Um, about that exact same thing where I, I always talk to my mom back home about how uh, I don't want to move back to America because of the gun violence. And anytime there's an incident, I'm, I bring comes up in the conversation with my mom. And as soon as she heard that Abe was assassinated, I got a call and she was like, oh, they're shooting their leaders over there. They're shooting their leaders. When are you coming home? I was like, I'll come home <laughs> when we start shooting ours. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and also, if your mom's worried about, you know, like she's obviously worried about her grandchildren, right? You need to let her know that your your daughters are girls. They will not become political leaders. <laughs> <laughs> so good, good point. Good point. So uh, it wasn't surprising that that someone tried to kill him. Was this particular motivation surprising? Yes, yes. The motivation, right? When. When it first came out, because the police sort of released information that suggested that the person who killed Abe killed him because of his relationships to a cult. But they wouldn't name the cult, which was very bizarre. For a long time, they Um, called them a specific religious organization, right? Tokute. Right. Shukyo Hojin, right? And I thought it could be Sokagakai because uh, Sokagakai is a, a, a sort of Buddhist sect that many people consider a cult that's closely aligned with the LDP. There's a lot of money raising for the LDP, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it and, and Komeito is their political partner. They really need them to like, you know, get things done in the parliament. But then it it slowly came out and I 
and I don't remember. I think it wasn't. It, you know, it wasn't the foreign press that did it first. It was um, some of the alternative media that was like, "Oh yeah, um, he is." He says that he assassinated Abe because of Abe's links to the um, Unification Church. Mm-hmm. Um, and I immediately thought, "Oh well, you know that's true because I have a really good memory for these things." There's a a terrible tabloid called. Well, it's not a terrible tabloid. I mean, sometimes they have good stuff called Kamino Bakudan, which means basically paper bomb. Mm-hmm. And they were writing about the connections between Abe and his family in the Unification Church back in 2015. Um, so I was like, oh, well, you know, there's probably some truth to that, but does that make Yamagami-san... Oh, I'm doing it again. I'm <laughs> the Honorable Yamagami. <laughs> I'm going to have to call Abe Abe-san. So uh, anyway, um, it, it turns out that Yamagami-san uh, had sent a letter to a journalist that he'd been corresponding with in which he explained exactly why he assassinated Abe, and, mm-hmm. and I read the letter. Um, and, and you know, I had a tough time convincing the Daily Beast to actually let me finally write an article about this whole phenomenon. Um, but the letter was, you know, like I don't really have a personal problem with Abe, but the fact is that he is, and his family have been very closely connected to the Unification Church, which is a which is a money grubbing cult that destroyed my family's life and my life. Um, can, can you in just order, dig in a little bit deeper on that? It, it was to do with his mother, was it not, giving away all of the yeah, family's money? So, Abe, so Yamagami's, Yamagami's here, and I'm, I'm dropping this on, right? Okay, Yamagami's family, um, when he was young, his father died early. His mother joined the Unification Church. She gave all the money that the family had to the Unification Church to the point where um, she was neglecting to take care of him and his brother, his brother who also had cancer and lost an eye because of the treatment for the cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, all the family money went to take care of, to the Union, Unification Church instead of taking care of him and his brother. Um, his uncle, who did a very good interview with uh, a couple magazines, who I talked to on the phone once very briefly, um, basically, you know, was looking after the kids. Uh, he wasn't able to go to college because there were no funds for him to go to college because it all went to the Unification Church, even though he was an exceptionally bright student. Um, he joined the self-defense forces to gain enough money to go to college, and then I uh, took out an insurance policy on himself and, and killed himself and left his brother as the person who would have inherited. He tried to kill himself, and he failed to do that. And so, I mean, the guy has had a, you know, a very tragic life, and he became kind of obsessed with the Unification Church as the cause of that. So and, realizing and just, that... Just, that so, could, sorry, sorry to, yeah. to stop you again, but I, I think a lot of listeners won't really understand what the... You know, I don't know what the Unification Church actually oh. is. What, what, what motivated his mother to give all this money up. Okay. The Unification Church, in, and I'm really making simplifying this, is a church started in South Korea by Reverend Sung Young Moon. Um, so it was the Koreans and, after all. Yes, it was the Koreans it. after all. <laughs> um, in a, in a, well, that also explains, you know, and we'll go into this on why you, why the, there was so much um, antipathy towards the Liberal Democratic Party now and why there is so much antipathy towards Abe. This is um, this is the same church that had a moment of like global fame when for the, for their like mass marriage ceremonies, right? Right. The church would pick would pick your marriage partner and then pair you off with people they thought you should marry. marry I remember with. this from when I was a kid, from when I was like in elementary nope. school. And since it was founded by Reverend Sung Young Moon, um, they called them the Moonies, right? Yeah. They're very clever. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but part of their teaching was that uh, Moon was the original Messiah. Um, and that he he was unique, you know, that God had chosen him to spread the true Christianity on earth, and that 
in the lifetime, you know, that he would lead people to a, you know, a new world, you know, a, a, a new second coming kind of thing. Um, that was always very vague. So it was Christian, it was, ostensibly. It is. It is. It is ostensibly a Christian religion, um, except they have their own Bible, their own interpretations of the okay. Bible. And the assassin's mother would regularly go to some place, some, some yeah, church. Yeah, they, they have churches. Um, they collect donations. Right. They have a lot of teachings. Now, one of the things that got them in trouble is in Japan, they sort of customized their money their money collection techniques to the Japanese psyche, which is a lot of Japanese people believe that your ancestors, you know, after they die are, are sort of, you know, in the afterlife, maybe they're in heaven or maybe they're in hell or maybe, you know, they're, they're not reborn. Um, you know, it's, it's not a permanent place. So right. this, 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 they did this kind of spiritual selling thing where they would approach people and say like, you know, your, your grandfather is burning in hell, but if you donate money to the church, we'll pray hard to get him out of it. Um, now that that idea that your 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 relatives um, might be suffering in the, the afterlife um, and need your help is part of the Japanese psyche. So it was a kind of mm. clever move to mm. get people to donate money, um, or you know, or, or the classic, you know, just you're having bad luck because you uh, you're a sinner, and if you know if you pray to give money to the church, we'll relieve you from the bad luck. But lots okay. of approaches, and they're very famous for taking so much money from their believers that they would drive them into bankruptcy sure okay so pretty predatory stuff pretty nasty stuff yeah and and why why hasn't this been stopped well there was a time especially after the om shinrikyo remember those those crazy loving neo-buddhist cult cult people that put nerve gas on the subway yeah, yeah the sarin gas attack in, what 1995 1995 1995 it's in 1995 people began looking at the unification church and their practices and there was a crackdown and there were um, I think there were some arrests and there were some prosecutions. And just to be um, clear, and, and Unification Church wasn't linked to Aum Shinrikyo, but Aum Shinrikyo and Unification Church were kind of seen on the same level as uh, right. predatory cults or cults with negative um, influences. Uh, and and the, the Unification Church, realizing that they were in a precarious position, began whining and dining and courting the favor of Liberal Democratic Party politicians. And... It just so happens that Abe's grandfather, Kishi, um, was very close to the head of the Unification Church. The Unification Church was staunchly anti-communist. Um, and so Abe and the head of the Unification Church had political ties. And uh, Abe's, grand, Abe's father had ties to the Unification Church. Presumably the church was donating money, were they? Oh, they were. Not only did the church donate money, the church, the church donated manpower. So if you... Um, tacitly agreed to sort of support the church's policies yeah. and, you know, and, and keep the police off their back, um, that was never written out, then not only did they collect money for you, but they would have send people to your offices to man the phones to get out the vote. Um, they provided political secretaries to some politicians. This is horrible, isn't it? Well, yeah, it's horrible. And, but the, and the other thing, it's just like Sokogakai is, you know, you have a group of fanatics, um, and, you know, they'll definitely make sure that, you know, if they're supporting this candidate, that all their friends and that each member votes for that candidate. And in places where election turnout can be as low as 32 percent or 52 percent, you know, that could, that can be enough mm -hmm. edge to put you over the top. Yep. So manpower votes money. Um, and that alliance between the liberal 
Democratic Party and the Unification Church goes back to the 90s. And of course, um, it's coming out now that there were certain politicians, including people at the National Police Agency, who basically seem to have made a backdoor deal with the Unification Church to make the police not arrest them or not wow. look into them as for fraudulent act for, for as a fraudulent predatory group. Okay. So, wow. So the assassination and the motivations behind the assassination prompted this investigation into the Unification Church. Uh, and recently we've seen this raise larger issues in general about um, not only these kinds of organizations, but freedom of religion in Japan overall. How does this tie into uh, threats to freedom of religion in Japan? Wow, well, we're, we're really elevating the level of this show today. Okay, um, the, 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 the question is, okay, so we, let's, let's say um, the Unification Church is allegedly a predatory religious group, but yet people of their own free will choose to join this group. Um, now, because it has been such a political um, uh, poxy upon the LDP, uh, you know, they are investigating the group to see whether they should have their religious status revoked or not. If a religious group in Japan in, engages in what is a pattern of predatory or antisocial behavior, they can have their religious license taken away from them. Mm -hmm. Um, in which case, you know, then they lose their tax status. It's not like they're banned. It's not like they can't do business in Japan. But uh, it becomes very hard for them to to survive or make any money. Right. Um, because everything they do is taxed. Um, you know, that, that, that all, I mean, I'm going to take us off of the side a little bit, but that's another part of the scandal that's come up is the Unification Church isn't called the Unification Church in Japan anymore. It has this um, very long name something like the you know the family values group or something i'll have to look it up because i can never remember it it's so long um and part of that happened you know they, they were you know there was huge resistance to allowing them to change their name because everybody knew that the unification church was uh people to be wary of right but the the ministry of culture allowed them to change their names and allegedly shimomura who was the minister of education at the time um and one of abi's close friends um engineered that changing of the name and, and, and made it happen as because, a as a rebranding uh, as a rebranding it allowed them to rebrand because he was also you know basically on the take taking money from the unification church so you know he helped them tremendously by letting them rebrand so there was a new generation of suckers who didn't know who they were mm -hmm. but uh the you could argue okay you know if we look at the unification church and its behavior and um it's you know it's not clear did they really violate Japanese criminal laws. There's some argue that they do, um, especially this group of lawyers that's been dealing with them for years. You know what about the next group? You know will there be other political groups that that uh, maybe because they're too left wing or for other reasons that are targeted stripped of their religious status? Mm. I mean I actually feel that that in this case it's so bad, um, and the history of of exploitive practices and the amount of money they make their members cough up is so beyond acceptable norms that I, I, I think that it's uh, uh, it, it's not like the exception that's going to prove the rule. I think it's, you know, a, a very unique case. That's just my opinion. And how much did Abe know about all this? And, and how much his party benefited from the church? Um, Abe knew about it very much. I mean, he spoke at, uh, ironically, like I think last year, he spoke at a huge televised conference they had that had the leaders there. Donald Trump also made an appearance. Um, he had been warned by the Lawyers Association that was dealing with the Unification Church not to be offering these people their support. Mm -hmm. um, 
not to be, you know, not to actively be seeking their favor. And, you know, and revelations have come out within the liberal, within the party itself that, you know, if you wanted this, if you were a candidate facing a tough battle and you needed that liberal and you needed the unification church, if you needed the Moonies on your side to push you over the top, that you had to go to Abe and that Abe would allot those votes. So Abe was kind of like the conduit to the unification church. And, and as all these things came out, that's why, you know, at first the idea of having a, a, national funeral for Abe, which was paid entirely by the state. I think most people were in favor of it. But as the revelations kept coming, by the time they actually held the funeral, which cost a huge amount of money, I think it cost more than Queen Elizabeth's um, funeral. Uh, rest really? in peace. Yeah, there was yeah. there were a lot of really uh, funny takes going around about how, um, how it was a fitting way to send Abe off, how much he would have enjoyed uh, wasting all the taxpayer money. Yeah. Well, that's true. He probably would have loved it. It was like yeah. a, it was, it was, it was the Tokyo Olympics of funerals, right? The initial cost would be like, you know, like twelve million dollars or or two million dollars, and it ballooned to twelve million dollars or seventeen million dollars. It's a huge <laughs> amount of money because of the security and stuff. And not only uh, the money and the security, but also because the Tokyo Olympics also didn't have any foreign spectators. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Wait, no, wait, no, no, no. There were some. There were some prime diplomats at Abe's funeral. Um, Nicholas Sarkozy, the the greatest prime minister that France ever had, yeah. he was there. Sarkozy, <laughs> Sarkozy. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that's that's J- nice. Jake gave it the Jewish pronunciation. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> um, so, haven't you just been in France? I was just in France. Oh, did it go well? It did go well. Uh, the, the Tokyo Vice. Wow, I sound like I'm promoting my 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 TV show. Uh, Do Tokyo it. Tokyo Vice premiered on Canal Plus. The Francis answered HBO, and I got to be go there for the premiere and do all the interviews. I mean, they would sure prefer Ansel Elgard or Michael Mann, but you know, right, right. Nice. I'm the only one who's available. So uh, there you are. Very nice. So uh, basically, what, what, I mean, you never thought that Abe was going to have a good legacy, right? But because of the way that he was killed, it's it's put a bit of a spotlight on this particular grubby part of of, of his party. Now, you might argue that there's loads of problems with the LDP. I mean, this is just the tip of the iceberg, right? What, um, when all this dust settles, and it seems like, you know, we're now, what, three months after the assassination, do you think this is going to have long-term effects on the LDP, or is this just another LDP scandal? Well, it's going to have long-term effects, and and, and I'm going to put this in crude terms because this is sort of bandied about in the press, but it really sort of explains why people are so angry. Okay, so, you know, first of all, Abe and the LDP have made a lot of bank. Um, you know, they, they've gained a lot of votes by, by you know, dog whistling about anti-Korean sentiment, like, you know, the, the Zainichi or sort of the Jews of Japan that they're controlling the economy or that Korea is disrespecting Japan. I mean, they've, they've harnessed that anti-Korean sentiment to gain votes for years and years. So when it turns out that actually they're getting marching orders from a South Korean cult, that looks really bad. Mm. But then someone unearthed in the writings of Reverend Sung Young Moon, he said, you know, in, you know, in God's plan, um, basically, Korea is God's penis, and Japan is God's vagina. And, you know, it's the job of the penis to penetrate the vagina for world harmony. I mean, literally, that's what yeah, it says. Yeah, I, I remember right? seeing this. And, yeah. and, uh, and listen, you know, being, being told you're a pussy by uh, a South Korean cult leader and knowing that, you know, um, your, your leader that Abe was saying, please have your way with us, that just goes over very badly with the Japanese people. Yeah. 
So, so we've got the investigation into the Unification Church. We've got, I think, people uh, being a little bit more aware of kind of the way in which these organizations exert influence on politics. But at the same time, we also have kind of like Soka Gakkai uh, affiliated politicians standing up and saying, we don't want this to go too far and affect other religious organizations. Um, do you think? Do you think that they're mostly concerned about avoiding? Uh, political finance reform, or that they're they're concerned about religious freedom. Um, I really think they're concerned about uh, that. Once you take a look at the practices of one religious group and their alliances with um, political parties, uh, that their own group might be in danger. And I also think that that there are a lot of ties between the Liberal Democratic Party and other religious groups, including like the National Association of Shinto, uh, of Shinto Shrines. Um, you could argue that Nimpon Kaigi is actually a Shinto cult. Um, and Well, you know, Buddhist and Shinto affiliate, like religious affiliations and Japanese governance goes back forever. I mean, that that's a very strong Japanese tradition. Right. But if you're going to argue that that is, you know, not kosher, so to speak, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, then you have, you know, then the problems don't stop. You know, uh, I'm, I'm sure that the LDP is dreading someone like dredging up um, accusations about Ikeda, who's the founder of um, Soka Gakkai, and, you know, Soka Gakkai's um, sketchy pats, right? You know, right. It, it, it's, it's a bad one for them. You, do, you want your politicians to be thinking of the national good rather than the— um, religious cults that are feeding them money right That's and you, you also want, want your religions to not be predatory <laughs> yes, yeah. yes you want your religions not to be predatory <laughs> to contributing to the greater good right to be teaching morals or are contributing to society rather than seeing how much money they can suck up from their believers so, mm. so th that's obviously what this assassin was thinking right and i, I could totally I could totally empathize if you thought that your mum was part of a cult and had given away all the family money and you know caused all this destitution in your family. You'd be you'd be livid. Do do we know anything about what else he did? You know, was was murdering Abe like his first port of call? Well, you know, his own letter says like you know I thought about um, his own letter explains his motives you know eloquently. So I'll just quote him. He's basically saying um, I've seen so many people suffer because of this church. And the only way to prevent more people from suffering the same fate that I had is to call attention to the political ties between the church um, and the ruling party. Yep. And then all the other misdeeds of the church will come to light. Um, I would have preferred to assassinate the current leader of the group, but since she is not coming to Japan anytime soon, uh, Abe is the best choice. And right. Because he was clearly kind of, I wouldn't say he was suicidal, but he clearly did this with the awareness that there's a good chance that he would be shot mm -hmm. or that he would be killed doing it. That he sort of not by Abe security guards. Oh, they, well, not by security guards. They just oh, watched but... on gormlessly, going, "Oh my god, that's the sound of an explosion. That's cool." <laughs> um, pretty fireworks, much, is but it? fireworks. They were useless. Yeah, they did, if you watch the video, by like... the way, there's there's like there's two guys clearly like dressed in suits with anti-bullet briefcases. Who do just watch absolutely gormlessly? Well, I, I I have the feeling that if I was Abe's security guard, I might feel the same way if I had to spend weeks and weeks with him. But sure. uh, but nevertheless, yeah, they do look really bad. Um, but you know, one of the reasons and uh, that you know that th this that Yama, Yamagami has 
has gotten support is he taps into this kind of Japanese love of the nobility of failure, right? I mean, he's kind of basically, a, you know, he's like a kamikaze pilot that actually succeeded in his mission. Yeah. You know, it's like, I'm going to, you know, risk my life to save other people from uh, falling prey to this church, and I don't care if I live or die. Um, and the way to do that is to take out Abe. You know, I'm sorry. Like, I don't have anything that's personal, but you are, you know, in bed with them, and taking I, you out brings, I, I, brings I, I, national attention to them. But, but he wasn't, I guess the question I'm asking, he wasn't, like, blogging about this. He wasn't writing pamphlets. He wasn't already an activist. This wasn't This wasn't already on the radar of the security services. That, no, 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 no. He, he, he had written a letter years before, and he wrote a letter a week before, or actually a couple of days before he assassinated Abe, um, and he explained his reasons. That's why we have the letter. He wrote it to a journalist he'd been corresponding with before. Hmm. Um, but he's, you know, he, and he's the not a social. Didn't, media. didn't tip the police off. No, I don't think that. I think the journalist wasn't even really aware that of what the contents of the letter were until, you know, Abe was assassinated. Right. Then, then he, you know, gave it to the police, and then he put it up um, in the public domain. Yeah. What you seem to be saying is. You're obviously not condoning murdering someone, but no. if you take into account what this guy's goals were and what he's achieved, he might, on his own terms, have been successful. Yes, no, it, 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 he has been completely successful in doing what he what he set out to do. That's not saying that it was killing Abe was justified. I don't like Abe Shinzo. I think he was a terrible person, but I don't think he deserved to be shot to death. Sure. Um, but How would you have assassinated what, him then? <laughs> Jake would have Jake would have I, 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 Jake would have done what he's done his entire career and assassinated his character with the written word. <laughs> but but if I was really desperate, I would have probably shown up at his house with, with house considering his stomach condition with three buckets of Popeye's fried chicken, and right? Hot and spicy Cajun recipe, yeah, and, and some biscuits to finish him off. Right. But, um, yeah, 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 those ulcers were going to be the But that would final. be his choice, to eat the chicken or not eat the chicken. I would sure. never force him to eat the chicken. No. Okay, so um, what's the what's currently going on? I've seen in the news that like some some people are trying to distance themselves from the LDP, some cabinet politicians. That's all I really know. Jake, can you tell us the facts? Um, one of his big right-hand men, Yamagiwa Asan, um, actually I put Asan there, um, who was supposed to be, you know, Minister of Economic Revitalization, had had such deep ties with the with the Unification Church, including this photo op of him and the leader taken together, that he basically had to resign in disgrace. Um, and you know, Kishida kind of resisted getting rid of this guy because he's he's a, he's a good politician. He knows mm. what he's doing, but and he waited too long. So that, you know, he's replaced him with a, another a guy who's kind of a financial genius. I wish I could remember his name who will probably do good things with Japan's economic policy. Um, but it has been uh, too little too late. Um, and meanwhile, you know, the LDP was supposed to do an internal investigation of who in their party was close to the Unification Church and uncover those ties and, you know, make some kind of bold move, which they failed to do. Of course, the internal investigation was, was incredibly flawed. And as soon as the results were announced, the media found example, example, of them, of more ties between the LDP and the Unification Church that were not uncovered or were not mentioned. So, you know, Kishida's support rating right now is about 26%, and that is worse than Suga's was when he was forced to resign. I, huh. mean, I didn't think he would ever, I don't think you could, I think you could do top Suga in 
being disliked and dysfunctional, but he's just done an amazing job. He's really, really handled this poorly. Liz Truss is looking at those numbers so jealously going, I'd love to, <laughs> I'm so, love to have 20% approval. Can, 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 you, can, you, can I ask you, did, I watched on some British TV show that said she started with negative approval. Can that is possible? Can you start with a minus approval? No, I don't, I, I don't think she did start with negative approval. That's nonsense. She, I mean, she started, believe it or not, because this country is so absolutely insane, genuinely persuading people that she was a fresh start, despite the fact that she'd been in this government, you know, for, well, this government has been in power for the last decade or more, and she's been a cabinet politician. Uh, she she persuaded people that, that she was a fresh start. And I called it, not on this podcast, but on the Lost in America podcast, I called it that she was not going to last because she is completely intellectually non-credible. And... Uh, <laughs> Like this, you know, she like she's really, really good at like photo shoots. She's really good at looking like a politician, as cosplaying as Maggie Thatcher. Um, but as one commentator described her, she looks at um, she looks at policy like a pigeon would look at a Rubik's cube, just absolutely <laughs> dead behind the eyes, vacuous, nothing going on. Um, and when she was confronted with the cold hard reality of actually doing a job and not just posing, um, but no, and she's, she's I mean, she's she, she's gone. Someone on Twitter said, um, it's funny that she was the person that ended up giving the speech at the Queen's funeral. It's like when you have pictures uh, of an ex at a wedding who you only dated for a few months. It's like, oh, they're, you know, they're there. You know, the, the Prime Minister will remember it from this period is, is, is Boris Johnson or, or possibly even Sunaku. How, is the, how are the Japanese pronouncing Sunak? Sunaku or Sunaku? They, they've, uh, they've elongated the Su, I've seen. Wow, I was hoping they would pronounce it like Snaku. Yeah, exactly. That would be really funny, but you know, and missed that opportunity. Make, that would make sense because he was he was known as Dishi Rishi when he was the chancellor. Um, <laughs> anyway, we're, we're digressing, but no, I mean the the Liz Truss had um, had had absolutely terrible approval, approval ratings. But don't forget, in the UK, it doesn't matter. All that matters is whether the people in your party like you. And so the fact that nationally she had poor approval uh, actually is there's a there's a tremendous parallel to the LDP there as well. I mean, they keep electing people amongst themselves who are not particularly popular but it doesn't matter because they are the ruling party yeah it, well that, that 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 that's exactly it and um the 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 tory party is basically two parties in one right it, it's the kind of center moderate moderately progressive on some social issues uh you know such as gay marriage but but generally you know wanting a smaller state uh wanting to lower government expenditure uh, wanting to lower taxes, and then you've got the far right of the party, which is indistinguishable from you know, the UK International Party or the British National Party, which is close the borders. If you look brown, we'd rather you weren't about. And you know, R Rishi Sunak has already proven that in, in, in his cabinet appointments that he's looking to to still straddle all sides of the party. You know, he's 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 put in some progressives in his cabinet, but he's also got the likes of Suella Braverman uh, as his Home Secretary, who. Uh, said that she had a wet dream um, of seeing a, a newspaper which had uh, a plane uh, sending uh, um, asylum seekers back to Rwanda. Uh, so, <laughs> but, but, oh, well. Oh, yeah, well. Okay, you're, you're starting to make Japanese politics look good. You know, thanks, Ali. Oh, well, my, my, <laughs> we my, did that. We did my that. pleasure. Well, so what, what well, let, let, let's try and draw that parallel because basically the, the, the Conservative Party have had a run now for over a decade, uh, about 12 years. They've basically cycled through all the talent they haven't managed to nurture new talent, and the 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 pollsters are basically saying they will l almost certainly lose their massive majority, probably lose a general election to the Labour Party. Now, Japan doesn't really have 
an alternative at the moment, does it? The LDP are going to cling on for, for for a long time to come. Yeah, there's no alternative. We're we're stuck in this one-party democracy for years to come. Think how many years it took for there to be an actual change in government. I mean, and that lasted two or three years. I think, unfortunately, they got handed the the disaster the disaster in Tohoku and the nuclear meltdown and got blamed for it. Right. Um, but you know, uh, I think they've this whole unification church scandal um, has hurt them badly. Um, Abenomics was always a stupid idea. And as we're looking at the yen drop to 150 yen to the dollar, um, I think that tells you the rest of the world has realized that as well. The Japanese economy is in tough shape. Um, people are rightly blaming the Liberal Democratic Party. So uh, the repercussions of Abe's uh, assassination have been huge. Um, so he's not uh, dying a martyr? Yeah, he's definitely not being considered a martyr um, mm. because he wasn't killed for political reasons. He was killed because... He was chumming up to what everybody in Japan, whether they say it or not, regards as bad guys, right? You know, oh, Abe was chumming up with the bad guys and somebody took him out. Um, you know, that's tough. But he wasn't killed because of his politics. He was killed because of his because of political bedfellows. In a way, it's kind of like, you know, after all the crooked stuff he did, you'd kind of like to have seen him, like, face justice. But no, he's taken out for, you know... Just another one of his sort of corrupt, uh, crony relationships that he had to, to, you know, to stay in office. I mean, Abe would shake hands with the devil if it would have kept him in power, but eventually that caught up with him. Okay, and then final, final question is what's happened to the assassin? He is still under psychiatric review, right? Because I really think the Japanese government does not want this guy to face trial and actually explain why he did the right, things right. he did, right? That's not going to be good for anybody. It would be, I mean... I, I think that somewhere that the halls of power are going like let's you know let's just say he's crazy, and put him away, and you know uh, it's okay if he doesn't do time because if if he give him a forum to speak and he's not a stupid person and he explains why he did it, um, you know That's every day that that trial is going on is going to be political damage for the LDP. It's going to be a reminder that his reasons for doing this were related to you know a relationship between the LDP and a very hated cult, um, you know, the LDP would like to forget about. Wow. Um, so I, I'm, I'm guessing they're going to find him insane mm. and then he'll never really see a trial. But you, you never and the, know. And then what will that mean for him personally? Does he get locked up? No, he gets locked up for like a, you know, a psychiatric evaluation or, uh, you know, until they deem him sane. So he'll probably get out at some time. Even, even if Ali, even if, let's say, Okay, they decide he's saying they put him on trial. He's not going to get the death penalty because there's an unwritten rule in Japan is you have to kill more than one person to get the death penalty. Interesting. Okay. Um, so that would probably mean that they give him, you know, uh, he's definitely not going to be found innocent. The judge might give him you know, muki choeki, which basically means 20 years in prison, maybe 30 years in prison. Yeah. I mean, he can't mm -hmm. be found innocent, right? Because he, he's, he's admitted to it. No, he can't be a fan. I mean, everybody saw him. It's all yeah. on film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, if 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 a psychiatrist says he is, you know, has diminished um, responsibility or diminished capacity, he could get a reduced sentence. Right. Um, you know, the petition to get him a reduced sentence, um, you know, or clemency is never going to happen. Uh, but public opinion is so poor. I mean, judges are also conscious of public opinion, right? So. I don't think anyone's going to throw the book at him. I don't think they're going to give him 
he's definitely not going to get the death penalty. The question is, does he get 15 years? Does he get 20 years? Wow. Does the judge determine, okay, this guy actually has a chance of reform? Is he sorry for what he did? Mm. He's going to have to say, I'm very sorry. You know, Even though of I had course. these reasons, I'm terribly sorry. Um, this is fascinating. Yeah, so I've gotten real quiet around this whole section uh, for for the same reason that I initially I initial I initially uh, was was kind of like not super excited about doing this whole topic as a show, just because just because I understand very much the idea that public sentiment could be in this guy's favor. Um, and again, I don't condone violence. I don't like. I, I want to make clear that this is one hundred percent a joke. Um, I don't think that what happened to Abe was acceptable. But if you would ask me at the same time, well, what about the same thing happening, but on a grander scale to all of the world leaders simultaneously, I would be like, well, that might not be a bad idea. Like we're in a generation where there are no penalties for corruption, especially as an American. There's no consequences for corruption. And at a time in our global our our life as a planet where leaders do not leaders not representing the interests of the people and not taking drastic steps to save the planet i think are responsible for the future death of generations um yeah and i think there should wow. be consequences for that and there aren't right. yeah well wow. I, I i i'll have to say okay i am i am a zen buddhist priest but i'm really Really, really low ranking, and I and I keep getting in trouble because I'm I'm like not able to fold my robes correctly, and other things. I really need to you know grade up on that point. But you know sometimes I have doubts. Is like, is there really a cosmic law to the universe? Is there really karma? You know, and and when Abe was assassinated, though I don't believe that he deserved a violent death. I was like, oh well, well maybe maybe there is karma. Maybe we all do get what we deserve in the end. Yeah, so pass through my head. Are we basically suggesting that this might have some kind of chilling effect on politicians? You know, the the more that there's public opinion saying, actually, Abe, you know, does no one deserves to be shot to death, but all these justifications make sense. Do you think other politicians are going to be thinking, well, either I've got to be less corrupt or I better hire better security? Uh, yeah, I think they're thinking both. I better be less <laughs> corrupt and better hire better security. Yeah. That's definitely... Definitely, what I'm thinking. If if I was in, if I was going to invest in Japan right now, which nobody is doing, I would be investing in local security companies, man, because they're going to be doing a lot of business. Yeah, Jake, thanks so much for taking the time to uh, to be. I'd say, Bobby, you agree with me? Surprisingly balanced. Yeah, I not thought bad. this was going to be. Uh, yeah, you well are done, Jake. Pat on the back. I I, I I tapped into my inner Harris, in my Tobias Harris, and I, I tried <laughs> to do the best I could. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, this has been a special episode of Japan by River Cruise. Uh, we hope to uh, to be back uh, with some regular episodes. We've got some fairly interesting guests that we've approached that, that might come through uh, in, the, in the coming months. Uh, if you are new to the show and, and this is the first time you've, you've heard us uh, talk, then you can see all of our previous episodes, of which there are more than 100, at japanbyrivercruise.com. Um, thank you also to everyone who continues uh, to support us uh, through Buy Me A Coffee. We are genuinely grateful. Uh, we haven't forgotten uh, how special you are to us. No extras for this week's uh, show with our guests. We might try um, to to provide that bit of guac uh, to um, to Jake Salsa uh, by doing a special interview with Thomas Baudinet, uh, who, who has some thoughts. Uh, that might well be uh, on the extras feed. So if you're a, a, a subscriber uh, to that, then please do 
check that out. All of the details are at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Japan by River Cruise. Thank you so much for joining us, Jake. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. And uh, I'll look forward to picking up Tokyo Private Eye. Thanks, Bobby. All right. See you guys. Johnny. Bye. Bye.